I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Marcus Bronzy, and this is Marcus Meets. Welcome. It's a show that's made for you and what you think of it is super important to us. We will take your feedback whenever we can and you can give us feedback by leaving us a rating and a review. We've made it easy by putting a link in the show description of the podcast you might want to after today's episode. So there's a computer game called Homefront and now because computer games are very very realistic visually, the way they sound, the whole experience They bring in specialists, depending on the type of game, to help make them as realistic as possible. For example, an F1 driver may come in and sample, you know, the reality of an F1 game. Now, Homefront is a game about guerrilla warfare, especially this latest one, Revolutions. Definitely about that. So they brought in a specialist that was in the SAS. So part of this conversation is discussing the reality of the computer game. And the other is just exactly what guerrilla warfare is. You know, what can we disclose is something we cover. What are the most successful special forces operations? Uh, What exactly is guerrilla or revolutionary revolutionary warfare? Uh, What kind of technology do they use? And I ask a question at the end, which a lot of people ask me to ask. And whether or not that was a good idea, well, I'll I'll let you decide and let me know if you think it was a bad question to ask. Um, But in the meantime, we kicked off the conversation just by clarifying that the name he's given me, well, the name that you've given me, Stephen Bradshaw, that's not your real name, is it, Steve? Of course not. (laughs) So you were actually a special forces professional. Yes, uh, I used to be a special forces operative. Yeah. Uh, I left the special forces mm-hmm. and then uh, engaged in some sort of specialist intelligence gathering work overseas in the Middle East, mm-hmm. which was nice. I then uh, returned back to the UK eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. and then sort of turned the volume down on my life, right. and then I've pursued a, quite a normal li- life for the last few years. Excellent. Okay, the so last eighteen months. Yeah, excellent, Steve. So we're here to talk about. Homefront and uh, the Special Forces, okay? Uh, One of them I have a little bit more knowledge about than the other. Um, Obviously, the Special Forces side of things is where there's a lot of knowledge missing. Um, And we're not messing around. In all seriousness, Steve is not your real name. We cannot actually disclose your real name. No, that's true. I'm... uh 
Okay. And what part of the special forces were you in, Steve? <laughs> That's a difficult question for me to answer. All I can say is I was in a special branch of the military, uh, a, a unit within the British special forces. Okay. And and like, how do you get into that? Do you, was it like, a, just, does someone come knocking? I've only seen films, so I can only presume, you know, there's a man in a bar drinking who's had enough of the military. Someone rolls in and says, we need you in this special force. That's the, that's the only way I can sort of see this happening. How does, how does it work? Well, it's it's really straightforward uh, to become a candidate for special forces. Obviously, during the military, uh, it's irrelevant which department of the military you join, right. whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Royal Marines, it, it is irrelevant. Once you've done a sort of decent amount of time, you know, minimum of four years, you can then volunteer for Special Forces selection. Right. Uh, and obviously, the, the, the selection process is, is well documented. Excellent. And it's it's hard to get into the military. Yeah, we all know that. Yes, how much harder is it to get into a special forces team? Well, in my on my selection, uh, two hundred and eighty people started selection, and six six of us passed, made it yeah. to the end. Wow! Um, so that, that, that's the sort of ratios you're working on, and it, it's quite uh, as people drop out. I don't know if you can recall the film Highlander. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, the feel the force, and yeah. as people drop out, you sort of get stronger and stronger. So as the numbers dwindle. The camaraderie increases a hell of a lot, mm. and you sort of feel stronger as a person. But by the time you get to the end, it's it's a wonderful experience because you know you've achieved so much. You've achieved your ultimate dreams. Yeah. But then that's just the start of your SF career. So you're at the bottom of a very large ladder. At that so you still got like a sort of mountain to climb in terms of like you know there are levels to this. Yeah, sure. You spend uh, your first three years on what they call probation. Mm. Uh, you know, which is it's the same as normal, but if you mess up in that three year, first three years, you, you can get, you pretty much, you know, guarantee you'll be get RTU to return back to your original unit. Oh, wow. Whether that's Paris Marines or yeah. or whatnot. So, but yeah, and once, those, once you've done those three years, you, you pretty much cemented your career then. Uh, and your career path is, you know, there for you to continue as wow. long as you can hack it. So. Wow. So I, I, I just thought when you're in, you're in, but literally you have to be on point for three yeah, years. Yeah, sure. And then they'll give you a little bit of leeway, but ultimately if you mess up severely, you will get RTU'd. What, what is messing up severely? Like, what would be messing up severely? Uh, <clears throat> just sort of letting the biggest, well, the worst mistake you can ever make is sort of lying or letting down your teammates within your team. If that was an issue, then obviously you'd be gone. Mm. You lose, if you cannot afford to lose credibility in that environment or, you know, as a serving SF operative. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, you small, small man teams, yeah. extremely small, you know, four, sometimes two man teams on the ground, an extremely important job to do. And if you get it wrong, you know, lives will be at risk. Okay. So these are very, very small teams like you just said. Yeah, sure. What sort of things do these small teams do? Uh, obviously, I can only give you open source. Yeah what's already out there at the moment. But ultimately, you know, the task can be surveillance tasks, uh, intelligence gathering. You can sort of do sort of in-country exploitation where you covertly go into a country mm. to do a job mm. and then exfil without being seen or noticed. Mm. Then they're, they're classed as deniable operations, mm -hmm. which is obviously you, you, there's the bread and butter of special forces operation. And then you've got your generic green ops, you know, taking out compounds in Afghanistan and stuff like that. And, and then... You've got your counter-terrorism ops and then there's sort of black ops on top of that as well. So, But it's the whole, in your SF career, you will do, you know, 
uh, rotation in, in each role as such. So, you know, by the time you've been in a few years, you've got experience because you've, you've, you've got the most of both in the UK and overseas work. So overseas, in the UK, and you just told me there are things that we know about, but there are obviously missions that you've done that no one knows about, like, you know, or the, or the average gentleman would not know about on the street that you've taken part in. Yes, and they're the most successful operations in terms of the special forces. Wow! Role because ultimately, uh, governments will not sign off on an operation if there's, you know, a huge degree of risk that that operation will be compromised. Mm. So the more operations you can do without compromised or being compromised, then uh, the more likely they are ministers to, to sign off okay. on further operations, which is obviously better for everyone. Yeah, I'm going to fight back the silly questions, but they might pop out later no, on. No, fill, fill your boots. Um, Homefront, the game, focuses, among other things, on guerrilla warfare. Sure. What is guerrilla warfare? Well, when you say guerrilla warfare, uh, the correct term right. sort of the British Special yeah. Forces uses revolutionary warfare. Right. And you've both got counter-revolutionary warfare operations and revolutionary warfare operations. So small man teams could, let's say be deployed into countries where there is a revolution to assist yeah. the revolutionary forces, the subversive forces there. Now, obviously, this is there's potential for huge compromise because if the guys get captured or killed or compromised or outed, then obviously it's going to compromise Her Majesty's government, the fact that they've sent the guys in there. So it all boils down to secrecy, diplomacy, and, and a few other factors. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. So is is that what makes it different from other types of warfare than the sort of secrecy side of it and the, the fact that it's happening quite low-key? Yes. Obviously, if you look at, you know, the protracted war we engaged with in, Af- in Afghanistan, yeah. it, it was a very, quite a simple evolution from our perspective because mm. we were on the ground, we got targets to take out, yeah. and, and that's what we were doing. So uh, there was very sort of little to lose. It was it was very simple, cut and dry, black and white. There's a, there's the target, whether it's high value or not. That's fine. Uh, mission accomplished. Um, in the game, there's a definite difference in Homefront. There's definite difference between the weapons that the uh, you know the the military has and the revolutionary uh, teams have. Sure. Is that the case in real life? Like, how realistic is that? Yes, in a nutshell, revolutionary warfare fighters have to make do with what they've been given. Mm. And that and that's that they have to make the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. Uh obviously any sort of expeditionary warfare invading force, they will have, you know, the best weapons available, the best uh logistics process for, you know, weapons, ammunition, food mm. supplies mm. available, uh fuel as well. Obviously yeah. guerrilla you know, subversives have to make do with what they've got. You know, in the perfect scenario, <clears throat> they can have weapons that will be equivalent to what the invading force have. Mm. But in reality, it's it's never the case. Okay. So it's all about making the best out of bad yeah. situation. And uh, when I had a little play of the game, I can honestly say that even though you know, like you said, that, you know, they're making the best of a bad situation, a lot of the weapons that we use were still quite effective. Is that still the case? So you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you look at. Uh, Let's go back to, you know, Afghanistan, for instance. You know, there were Taliban snipers successfully taking out troops using old World War II rifles and iron sights as well, and, and that's a fact. Wow. Which is obviously unfortunate for our guys, but, but it just goes to show it's, you know, it's more about the 
It's not what gloves you wear, it's about how you fight. Wow, wow. And, and I've seen a video online recently, quick digression, Um, and it was in the Trafford Centre, and they were actually having a, a kind of live action uh, practice, uh, like sort of... Exercise. Like a, yeah, yeah. Exercise of like a terrorism attack. How do you prepare for stuff like that in the special forces, like, you know, these big grand scenarios where things, you know, really go off in the UK? Because, you know, touch wood, nothing like that has happened yet. But how do you prepare for things like that happening here in Homeland? Well, in the UK, we're, we're quite fortunate because uh, every so often, I'm not allowed to say how, how long, uh, there are big, you know, there, a big exercise takes place that involves uh, meeting the Cobra level all the way down to uh, gold, silver and bronze. And when I, when I talk about these people, uh, your gold sort of take care of national. Uh, so people in, within the gold mm-hmm. group yeah. would be sort of heads of government departments, heads of police, uh, director of special forces, heads of the MOD. Yeah. And they'll be looking at the countrywide, what to do in the event of an emergency. Mm. And then silver and bronze are subsequently regional yeah. command posts. Yeah. So uh, bronze element will be in charge of the Trafford Centre, whereas gold will be in the UK looking at, you know, what or they will be in command for a nationwide emergency mm. as opposed to a regional one. Okay. The traffic centres obviously will be a regional emergency, yeah. but you'd be wrong to assume that another attack will not arise any elsewhere, somewhere of strategic importance to our adversaries. Uh, but yeah, we're quite fortunate that we do regular exercises both with the, the police uh, and sort of other, other government agencies, like say, just to, to ensure the British public are safe. Wow, I love the secrecy here, Steve. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more that you could tell me, but you're not. Like, not I'm not saying you don't want to, mm. but you literally can't. Um, to go back to the game, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, of, of high-tech things going on space in the future. Sure. 13 years in the future, approximately. Am I right? You know, yep, 13 years in the future. Um, so there's a lot of technology used within Homefront Revolutions, and um, I'm seeing a lot more technology nowadays when I'm walking down the street, loads of people have phones. In warfare, is there being a lot more technology used at the moment? And, and will we see more technology being used? Yes. Uh, te- well, the, the technological advances, both in terms of kit and equipment mm. for the guys on the ground, have, you know, have just come on leaps and bounds and light, almost light years ahead to what they were when I first joined the military back in 1992. Yeah. It's, uh, so where I see it now is we're in a, you know, British military is in a fantastic place right now. Mm. But with regard to subversive, war- subversive warfare, mm-hmm. excuse me, or revolutionary warfare, uh, the more you dial back that te- the technological assets you have, the less risk of compromise you have. Yeah. You know, we go back to the dead letterbox scenarios, go back to passage of information. You know, the, the less the less times you use your mobile phone as a subversive, you know, revolutionary warfare fighter the better you know communication should be passed verbally or, or written you know the moment start you bring in the, the more te- the more technology you bring into your box of tricks the more likely you're about to you you all you will get compromised or the more likely you will get compromised it's quite if interesting that makes sense. yeah yeah well, it's, it's reverse yeah yeah definitely mm. well, within the game you know there's a, a massive compromise of uh, technology uh, with a uh, you know, North Korea put in, you know, is it, is it chi- chips, basically, that, that mm. wipe out a lot of, of people's kit? Honestly, though, Steve, how realistic is it that something could, something could like that could happen? Is it possible somebody to infiltrate a lot of technology and just say, you know what, we're going to turn it all off and attack? 
I'd say yes, it's certainly possible. And there are countries out there that are targeting, wow. you know, not just this country, but other countries. Okay. Uh, by electronic means, right. that's a fact. Uh, it's open source. But what is important is that military units go always, what we call go back to the mark on eyeball, you know, the, the very basic form of doing things. So instead of giving a recruited GPS and t- teaching them how to use that, mm. you give them a map and compass. Yeah. and teach him how to use that to navigate. Once he's mastered that, he, he then moves on to using GPS as an advancer. So if all the technology is wiped out, obviously countries that rely on technology, yeah. which you know the majority of us do, they, they will come and stuck. But ultimately, the ones that focus on the mark and eyeball mm. techniques of doing things, yeah. you know, they're the ones mark more likely to exceed. Yeah, it's just a military saying. Because uh, yeah. in the military, no idea what that means. I'm uh, not going to lie, Steve. Okay, I'll but sort of I'll, I'll get the gist. Yeah, but in the military, you yeah. get- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Given a piece of equipment, and that's yeah. the, the the Mark One, right. and then suddenly that breaks, and then the MOD will give you a, a Mark Two version, right. which is improved slightly. Okay. That will break or let you down, and then you'll get the Mark Three version, right. and that's the, the sort of you know the common pattern that happens. Okay. So, you know, so technically that does give you training that can mean that you can sort of cope with you know revolutionary warfare because they they make you scale back and sort of go yeah. to square one and move forward. Definitely, you need to start at the very grassroots of soldering in order to build a good plinth in order to, you know, conduct operations effectively. Okay. Now, uh, when I played my little demo of Homefront, I was pretty ruthless. I was out there kicking, I was punching up people. I was, I'm pretty brazen anyway. I like to test the game's <laughs> AI and uh, be a little bit cheeky. But in real life, mm. I have no army training. I go to the gym. I'm pretty average, fit and healthy. Um, if a scenario happens, like, you know, said scenario in Homefront, what's the best thing a man like me should do what's the first thing i should do it's a very good question yeah uh it's important with regard to the recruitment of volunteers yeah. you need to look at aptitude so you've got guys who are 
got experience here, medics, doctors, nurses. Obviously, it'd be ridiculous to put them on the front line. Yeah. They'd be of huge importance, okay. you know, behind the lines, working at field hospitals, stuff like that, you know, patching up the casualties. Okay. And that's great. You've got guys who are extremely nosy or informative. and or th- So if you use those guys as your intelligence gatherers, right. that's, you know, horses for courses there. Right. So obviously, I think the key to success in from a recruitment perspective is you identify aptitude yeah. and then you, you, you enforce that with training okay. specific to their roles or the end state roles. Right. And then you just use the lives to the best of their ability. Right. Uh, you know, and, and that's, I hope that answers that question. Basically, I think you're saying, go get my GP, make sure he's safe, and don't put him on the front line. Go sure. and get the nosy Parker. Like, you know, I've got, sure. I've got Mrs. Craigson, there's a couple of doors down. She's always got her eyes looking through the net curtains. Get Miss Craigson. She's going to be my intel. There's a couple of big guys on my street. I reckon they can be front line. And, and that's my little team, my little revolutionary team, ready to... Is that, is that what we call a cell? That's pretty much your cell. However, yes. within that cell, Miss yes. Craigson's probably the most important member of the cell. Really? Yeah, because okay. all our patients have to be intelligence led. Right. They have to, you know, and that's it. You can't just go out there and, and hit a random target because that just wouldn't, that could be detrimental to the main effort. Okay. So all intelligence led, intelligence, intelligence. Right. You know, do as much targeting as possible. Right. Add as many security layers as possible so that your cell are not compromised by any means. Right. Right. Add a deception leg in there, which you'll need to make sure you think no one follows you up. Okay. And then continue with the task you've been given. What is it? What's a deception leg? When I say a deception leg, you need to put as many filters in place that will not compromise your cell. Right. You know, at this stage, <laughs> I don't want to give examples because right. I'll be giving too much away. Okay. So yeah. just layers to stop people getting the information that I've got, f- knowing where I am yeah. and different things like that. Okay, so you've worked out what the best thing for me to do in a home front scenario, right? What about the worst thing to do? What would be the absolute worst thing I could do? Captured. Get captured. Yeah, sure. Okay. So obviously, uh, f- what tends to happen uh, during a revolutionary warfare or any sort of guerrilla warfare, uh, it's important for your fighters and your commanders to have sort of compartmentalised access to information. Mm-hmm. So they only know specific to that task. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you sort of, as, as a commander, you'll need to know, you know information regarding other units and so, you know, subunits and so you can mutually support each other. Now, when commanders do get captured, it's a huge concern because obviously information can be compromised mm. on that level. You could have been working on uh, an attack, you know, months down the line. Uh, obviously, the, those plans have to be shelved, mm. put on the shelf, and then you focus on additional. You look at where, you know, you look at information that hasn't been compromised. It, and that's key. To, well, yet again, it's the worst thing you can do is get captured. Obviously, if you're killed, you can't give information away. Mm-hmm. But from in terms of what you know, the enemy are desperate to know that. Wow. And you seem like quite a serious person as well. And I don't want to be like one of those dickheads <laughs> that comes along and takes the piss out of what you do. But, like, do you get to have fun, like, when you're in these sort of war zones or when you're doing these missions? Or is it strictly you have to focus on the job at hand? Is there a chance for a laugh, a giggle? Yes. uh, One of the most important attributes to have as a special force operative is both humility and humour. Yeah. More so humour because, you know, you're in some horrendous, hairy situations. Right. It's when you're in those situations you've got to be at your best, both to mutually support your team members but to just generally... You know, 
resonate goodness amongst the group you're in. Yeah. So yeah, I know. I mean, we're just normal people given a you know difficult task to do, and without anyone finding out about it. Yes. Even yes. harder. I'm I'm going to be totally honest with you. I asked a lot of people to give me questions to ask you today. And sure. The number right. one question was, "What is your body count?" And can you share that with us? No, it's a difficult question. Okay. To ask, but yeah, I've, yeah, that's a tough one. It's a grim tough. one. It's a grim one, and I'm just being honest. People ask me to ask you it, so I thought I would as well. But um, wow, like I feel like you've taught me a lot about Homefront, and also taught me that I need to 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 really get up to scratch with all of the uh, sort of uh, sayings that you have in the military because sure. a lot out there. But um, thank you very much for telling us all about this, and um, yeah, Homefront out soon. Look forward to it. Um, quickly, before I let you get out of here, have you seen much of the game? Sure. Yes, uh, I'm really impressed. Actually, it's. Uh... Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm personally going to buy it myself. Yeah, yeah, and what are your thoughts in terms of how close it is to, you know, like a real life scenario? Yeah, it's a computer game. It's not real life. How close are we in terms of the, the Well, I think in, in terms of, you know, employment of IEDs, yeah. remote control IEDs, stuff like that, you know, it's all it's all relevant, yeah. quite relevant. And that was literally it. Uh, we'd run out of time then, so we had to stop the interview. So, that was a very interesting conversation to be in a room with somebody who's done and seen things I don't think I could even fathom. And in hindsight, maybe some of the questions that were asked or one in particular uh, and the way it was asked wasn't a good way or wasn't a good question, but how do you discuss a computer game which is kind of used for entertainment while also discussing the realness of actual guerrilla warfare with somebody and ask them how real certain situations are without kind of being faced with you know should I ask that question is this just is, is this taking war lightly you know is this just looking at war as entertainment um whilst also not pissing off people that have you know spent you know a very long time creating a computer game for people's entertainment but also making it as realistic as possible the way the energy changed in the room when I he was asked that it, it's very hard to explain, but I, I try my best. You know, he's seen things that many people have not seen and probably would not want to see. And you just saw the memories flooding back to him when I asked him that question. Um, it was awkward, to say the least. Uh, but I suppose sometimes conversations that you have are not always easy and sometimes you know i might ask the wrong question uh feel free to give me your feedback uh on that or if you want me to ask or talk to more people that uh, come from a similar situation that steve has let me know you can listen to marcus meets via itunes podcast for apple devices or acast which works on most phones if you're unsure what will work on your device head to marcusbronzycom slash meets to listen with whatever device you desire we would love your feedback in the form of a rating and review. And you can do that by going to marcusbronzy.com slash review. And if you really want to support the show, you can become a patron of Marcus Meets. Get access to bonus content like today's episode early, exclusive merchandise, and have input on actual show content yourself. You can donate as little or as much as you want. Say the cost of a British cup of tea by going to marcusbronzy.com slash tea. That's marcusbronzy.com slash tea. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.